Welcome to Calvary Temple Church Podcast. Thank you for listening today. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please consider doing so. We hope this encourages you in your spiritual growth. I was thinking about it's the new year this year, and many people make New Year's resolutions. Um, I don't know if you did. I did not do a very good job about making New Year's resolutions this year, but many people, they like to make New Year's resolutions and write them out, and then if you do a New Year's Eve party like or get together with family for New Year's Eve, tend to share all of these resolutions, the things that they'll do in the new year. But um, I have a question for you. What New Year's resolution should a basketball player never make? To travel more. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. So, oh, but maybe quick, you could turn to your neighbor or text somebody. Maybe what's one of your New Year's resolutions? Uh, what's something that you tell your neighbor or text somebody if you're at home watching online? What's a New Year's resolution that you made? Or did you not make any? <laughs> Maybe you didn't make any, and I'm not the only one who did not make New Year's resolutions this year. But there's something that I think important that I think we should consider as we look in the new year, as we resolve to do new things, to be, uh, many people try to make commitments to uh, stop or start something. They make commitments to be a better person. And as we look at this, there's something, though, that we should consider, especially this year. And that is prayer. Today we're talking about the power and the impact of prayer. Since we're learning about prayer today, we're also though we're going to practice it. So at different points during the message, there's going to be a 30-second quick stop, an opportunity to offer a quick prayer to God. And we'll have different things that we pray for pray for at the moment. Now, if you're not comfortable praying out loud, that's fine. You can pray silently, um, and uh, but we want to take the time and practice as we go through and pray. So we're going to be doing that so you know, have a heads up, be ready to be talking to God this morning. But first off, uh, what is prayer? Now, People have a lot of different understandings of what prayer is, what it should look like, how we should do it. Maybe there's somebody that we've heard pray a lot. And we're like, man, that person's a great prayer. I want to pray just like them. But what is prayer? In the Bible, we find that prayer is communication with God. He talks to us and we talk to him. And as we pray, we're having this communication back and forth with him. That is a very important, essential element of prayer. There's many different words that the Bible uses uh, that have different aspects of prayer within that, though. We give honor to him. We give thanksgiving. We praise him. We confess both that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and we confess our sins back to him, and he is faithful and just to forgive us. We, get, we pray when we're grieving. We, we uh, have this moment with God. Maybe it's a grieving of something, a loss in our lives or a loved one, or maybe it's even grieving. We have this communion of grieving with God when we grieve over the lostness of people around us. Uh, we grieve with the Holy Spirit over these things. There's intercession, um, which is 
as we uh, in, intercession, where we intercede on behalf of someone or something. There's meditation and contemplation where we're meditating on the word of God and what he said to us. There's request. Many people think of prayer just as request, but that it is an important part of it, but we give request to God. Um, there is submission, submitting our will to his will, where we say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And as we said, there's thanksgiving and worship where we praise him. Worship as a part of prayer, that as we worship him, we give honor and glory back to him. We recognize who he is, and we invite him to make a difference around us. There's examples of prayer throughout the Bible, many, many examples. We're going to look at a few different ones today, but there's so many examples. It, we could, you could take a year of reading through the Bible and just like highlight or take a moment and be like, right, noticing the prayers, and it would be so consistently in daily devotion seeing prayer. The word prayer or variations of it um, occurs more than 80 times throughout Scripture. And this doesn't include words like confess, intercede, um, all of these requests, giving, thanksgiving. That's just the word prayer uh, and pray and prayed. And so it's very, very commonly found throughout. But prayer builds our relationship with God. But we find it from the very beginning, prayer builds our relationship with God. We're made to have relationship, to have communication with him. And Adam and Eve in the garden, says they, they were talked with God, they would meet with God. It makes me think of the old hymn, though I walk in the garden with Jesus while the dew is still on the roses, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. I'm losing the words, but <laughs> we haven't saying it a long time. But the, 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 it's this walking, this communication with God. that It starts from the beginning with Adam and Eve, and it goes through to the end when we know that Jesus is coming back and we will live with him in eternity forever, that we have communication with him. But I have a question. What would happen if you never talked, if you're married, if you never talked to your spouse? Or if you... Um, have a sibling or a parent that you never talked to them, would you keep up the relationship? What would happen? Like, would you think it would go very well in the relationship? Probably not. Um, and so how, uh, we, you wouldn't have that strong of a relationship. And how do we expect, though, to have a strong relationship with God if we never talk to him? We don't take the time to be with him, to spend time in his presence. Many par young parents have to schedule time to be able to take the time to talk to each other. Or there's different seasons in our life where we get busy and it's harder to find that time, but we still need to spend that time talking with God. When someone first starts dating, frequently they just want to talk to the person all the time and spend all their time with them. And that lasts a few years in a marriage and then it starts to get, life gets busy and you have to be intentional. Sometimes in our relationship with God, it can be the same way. When we first meet God, we're excited to talk to him, to be with him, to enjoy his presence. But then after a while, we can lose focus. We can start focusing on other things, but we need to keep in relationship with him. We need to take time to talk with him. So let's really quick, take a moment and tell God something, anything, just talk to him, have communication with him. So we're going to take 30 seconds. It's good just to take some time. Stop and talk to him, even if it's just a moment.
Someone else who stopped and talked with God. Enoch. He walked and he talked with God. Wouldn't that be awesome to have that? Such a few, just a few simple words. He walked and talked with God. I would love to have that said of me. And uh, uh, that would be maybe the highest honor somebody could pay to say that walked and talked with God. I would like to be that type of person. And I know this week, as I was preparing for today, I was convicted to needing to be more of a person who walks and talks with God, who spends time in communication with him. But many of the prophets were in prayer when they received visions from God. When you look through the Old Testament, they receive a vision from God. It, generally, it wasn't they were just going about their day doing their own thing. No, they were spending time. They were praying. They were seeking God when he spoke to them. In Revelation uh, 1.10, it says, John was in the Spirit. He says, on the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit when Jesus appears to him. When we, we, we want to have these experiences with God, we have to be spending the time with him. We want to see visions. We want to experience him in an amazing way. We need to have communication with him. And throughout the Bible, God tells us to pray. Matthew 6, 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is Jesus talking. He says, but when you pray. It's not if you pray or uh, just maybe you should pray. No, it's when you pray. There's the expectation that we will pray. And it's this expectation when you pray. James 5.13 says, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. Let them pray. It reminds me of the old song, first you pray, first you pray, and then second you see a problem come your way. Most of the time it's last on your mind, but first you need to pray. First, we need to pray, as James says. And Jesus says the his temple, the church, is to be a house of prayer. In Matthew 21, 13, a house of prayer, place of prayer. We are, his church are called to be a house of prayer. We need to be his house and be praying. And if we aren't praying, we should ask ourselves, am I really being his house? And as God tells us to pray and we're building our relationship with him, when we do so, we grow in him. We get to know him more, just like you have to spend time with somebody to get to know them more as a friend or whatever. There has to be this relationship built. That happens when we pray. But we shouldn't be intimidated not to pray. Some people get very intimidated of, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. I haven't prayed enough, so I don't know how to start. But we serve a great God and he wants to spend time with his children. He wants to spend time with us. And whether we are really young or we're very old, somewhere in between, whether we prayed a lot or a little, we can start to spend time with him because he's a great God. And furthermore, we shouldn't be made to feel inferior so as not to ask God for big things. Sometimes we can feel like, I don't know if God would answer my prayer. Why should he answer my prayer? I've never seen something like this happen before. But it's not reliant on us. It's we can ask and God is faithful to be doing things. Corey ten Boom says, we do not need great faith because we serve a great God. It's about how great God is. And as we pray, 
He builds our faith and he helps our faith to grow. And so if we just have a little bit of faith, if you have enough faith to start praying, God's going to grow it and build it. And as we pray, he helps us to grow in that. But we have a great God. Remember that it's God who is doing it. So we shouldn't be afraid or intimidated to where we don't start praying. And as we pray and see God, we will see answers happen. He'll, he'll start to do things and we'll be able to see, oh, I prayed for this and God did this. I can ask for this now. And he helps us to grow. And we don't have to feel like we have to have an amazing faith before we can start praying because God uses us where we are at and he grows us, the person of who we are, into the person we are supposed to be. God always calls us to more than we can in the moment do. He always calls us to more. And that as we step into it, and then he calls us to do more because he doesn't want us just to be doing it in our own strength. We're doing it in him. He is faithful to be, let us partner with him in prayer. Let's really quick thank God and ask him to help you pray. So it can be something simple like that, but let's quick thank God. Prayer is important. God tells us to pray. Also, prayer makes a difference. Prayer works. It makes a difference. When I was in Tanzania, my senior year of high school, we were at the National Women's Conference. And there, there was a lady who she had started the women's ministry in Tanzania for the Assemblies of God. And they called her Mama Bibi. Mama in Swahili is like ma'am. It's a term of respect, not like mother as we have. And Bibi is grandmother, so it's kind of funny. But Mama Bibi was her name. And she preached the one day and she talked about prayer. And she had such amazing stories. But I will never forget the one thing that she was telling us about. She started to get up at four in the morning and pray every day. And as she prayed, she sought God. She began to see things happen. And in Tanzania, many of the places, there's a very high Muslim population. And you can hear the Muslim call to prayer morning, noon, night, every single day in any of the major cities. And as she prayed, the morning call to prayer wouldn't happen. Their speaker system would break down. They wouldn't wake up in time to do it. Something would happen. And you could see in the heavenlies, as she prayed, Things happen. Prayer made a difference. Prayer makes a difference. When I was in junior high, there was a pastor's wife. Her name was Kristen. And Kristen was a very, very nice lady. Uh, but she had a problem. She could not have any children. And a group of us prayed and started to pray. And I made the commitment to pray I tried to pray every day. I'm sure I missed some days, but to pray every day for her to be able to have a child. Two years later, two years, it wasn't answered right then, but two years later, she had a little girl. God did a miracle. Prayer makes a difference. When we pray, things happen. Prayer changes things. In Acts 12, I'm going to recap a lot of this story but Acts 12, we find an awesome story of how prayer makes a difference. Um, this takes place, right? Uh, the church 
is fairly young at this point, and there's the disciples are leading in Jerusalem, and they're starting to see God work in other parts of the world, but they are facing some challenges. It says, now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. He arrests Peter. And this is during the festival, so they're waiting until after the festival. They're going to give Peter a trial, and then they're going to execute him just like they did James. James and uh, Peter are some of the main leaders in the church. These are some of the 12 disciples who walked with Jesus. And when they take him, they, uh, sorry, I lost my spot. When they take him, they are going to uh, they arrest him. And so Peter is put in prison and he has a guard on either side and he is very, uh, like they're in the middle of this difficult situation. And it says uh, in Acts 12, 5 though, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made made to God by the church. Earnest prayer. After that, an angel comes and sets the chains loose, opens the doors, takes Peter out, and it says Peter thinks he's in a dream. He doesn't realize this is actually happening. When he's taken out, he realizes, he comes to himself, realizes the angel leads him all the way to safety, that God has set him free. He goes to the house where the believers are praying. And I love what happens here. He goes to the house and it knocks on the door. And the servant girl, Rhoda, answers the door. And she's like, Peter's at the door. But she forgets to let him in. Like she doesn't undo the lock, forgets to let him in. She runs up to where all the believers are praying for Peter. And says, Peter's at the door. They're like, no, 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 no. That can't be. They don't think that it actually happened. But the knocking keeps happening. So finally they go and they let Peter in and they rejoice. They didn't think that it was actually going to make a difference, but God made a difference. Peter was set free in that moment, but it was through the earnest prayer for him made by the church. They, and they, I love it that they were surprised by God's answer, but he answered. Let's quick uh, take a moment and ask God to show us big things to pray for. Just Ask him to show you what can be some big things you can pray for. God wants us to pray from small things to big things, but we can pray. And sometimes God doesn't always answer the way we wish, when we wish it, but it doesn't mean he's still not working. Um, even though believe that the church prayed for James, James and Peter were both released. Peter was released out of prison. James was released into heaven. But God answered. He didn't always, doesn't always answer exactly how we wish, but he always answers. Even when... Uh, Jesus, when he would heal people, he did it differently. He didn't always do it the same. You know, we should expect when we pray, God is going to do things differently. And that it doesn't always have to be exactly how we expect it. God is a creative God. He does things differently. I love um, the story of Amy Carmichael. She was a missionary to India. When she was a little girl, she asked God to give her blue eyes. She had brown eyes and she wanted blue eyes. 
Like I, and she believed that God was going to give her blue eyes. She's, the next morning she woke up, she was like, God's going to give me blue eyes. She goes to the mirror, and she was do- so disappointed to find that her eyes were still brown. But later, when she was a missionary in India, she was able to go into the temples and rescue children that were used for temple prostitution because she had brown eyes. She could put on a suri, and she just looked like the other Indian women. God knew he had a better plan than her plan for wanting blue eyes. And you see, God, even though we don't always see exactly how we want the answer to happen, his plan is best, and we can trust him. But we don't, we should not give up. We need to be faithful in prayer whether or not we see the results. Keep praying. If there's one thing that we learned today, I hope it's that we keep praying, keep praying. Be an intercessor. An intercessor is someone who pleads for, appeals to, is what the the Greek translation is. Um, But we are making and treating to God on behalf of others. Abraham interceded on the behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Moses interceded for Israel. And 1 Timothy 2.1 says to us, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Intercede. Pray. The Spirit is interceding for us. In Romans 8, we find that it says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And that we do not pray, no, to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches hearts, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And I love this last part. It says, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. The Spirit is interceding for us. And as we intercede, we partner with the Holy Spirit. Not only are we following God's commands, but we're partnering with the Spirit as he makes intercession for us. And when we are called to intercede for others, we should not just be praying about things that concern us, that are in our own lives, but for others, for believers around the world, as Mary prayed, for uh, people that don't know Jesus to come to know him, for our government leaders, for people in our community, for our neighbors, we should be interceding for them. And as we are in the spirit, he will show us, he'll show us how to pray and he'll help us to pray the right things at the right time. We need to take the time to pray. I'm not going to read it, but Daniel 10, um, it talks about how Daniel has this revelation of what God is going to do. And after that, he becomes very distressed. And it says he mourned for three weeks. He did not eat uh, good food. He, he, he took minimal food. He, he did these things where it was a sort of fasting and prayer, and he was in mourning for three weeks as he was looking to God to answer. And then afterwards, though, Daniel has, um, after three weeks of prayer, didn't see anything happen for three weeks, but after three weeks of being in prayer, he has this vision where God reveals himself to him. And an angel says to him, that he, since the first day that he set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. If Daniel had stopped 
after one week, after two weeks, after a couple of days, he would have missed seeing God move. He would have missed seeing the spiritual strongholds broken. We have to keep praying. Whether we see the results now or later, we have to keep praying. Ian Bounds says, short, powerful public prayers are the outcome of long, secret intercession. If we want to see God move, we need to spend time interceding and in prayer. That's how revival comes. It's how we see things change in our lives and situations. If the disciples had stopped praying after Jesus ascended into heaven, they prayed for 10 days to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would they have been filled? I don't know. If they had stopped praying, but they prayed and pressed on and pressed through for 10 days. Corrie ten Boom was an amazing woman who she saw God do incredible things. And she tells a story about when she was a girl, her older sister was a school teacher, and she would come home every day and uh, would say, pray for my students. They need Jesus. Pray for my students. She taught the first grade class, so it was like six and seven-year-olds. She'd say, pray for my students. So they pray every day. Well, Corey uh, grew up, and she saw many different things happen, went through World War II and all kinds of things. And later on, she was speaking at an event, and a man came up to her and said, Miss Ten Boom, were you ever a teacher? And she said, no, I wasn't, but my sister was. And they got to talking and found that her sister had been his teacher. She had been his favorite teacher. And... Uh, as they were talking, she found he didn't know Jesus. But she had an opportunity and she shared Jesus with him and he accepted Christ that day. Seventy years after their prayers, they, she got to see the answer, the fulfillment of part of those prayers being answered. Keep praying. Don't give up. Even if it takes a long time, even if we don't see in our lifetime, there, the lifetime isn't long enough to see the fulfillment of all the prayers that we make as God answers them. Keep praying. He is faithful to be working. And God always answers prayer. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says not yet. Sometimes he says yes right now is the time. But he always answers our prayer. And in heaven, I believe we will see the answer to every yes, every no, and every slow down, not yet. He's go we're going to see how it all works together. And so be encouraged that he is going to be working. And this is where faith comes in, that we trust God that he's working even when we don't receive the answer yet. Even, and even if we haven't received the answer, like when, uh, when Paul had the thorn in the flesh, and the, when he had this tumultuous thing, the Lord answered to him, my grace is sufficient for you. In eternity, he's go he got his answer. And just like the, with Paul, we will receive our answer, even if we don't always understand in the moment. Abraham and Sarah asked for a son and waited for decades before they saw their answer. Same with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And there's many other examples of people who God answered. Sometimes it wasn't even in their lifetime, though, just like the heroes of faith, because God provided something better. All these by faith, they kept the faith. They kept strong in God, even though they didn't get to see all the answers in their lifetime. 
that is the kind of faith that God grows in us as we pray. And he will be faithful to answer. And lastly, God cares. He cares for us. Something we should learn from Leviticus and the different books of the Old Testament is that God cares about every aspect of our lives. From the intimate things to public, from the small things to the big things, God cares. He loves us. We're his children. Corey ten Boom again says, There's nothing too great for God's power and nothing too small for his love. There's nothing that he cannot do and does not want to be a part of in our lives. There's no aspect that he doesn't care about. So for one illustration quick. Sometimes we can have really heavy hearts as we pray. And we can feel very, very heavy. This backpack is very heavy. <laughs> in Philippians 4, 6 or 7, it says, Do not be anxious for about anything, but in everything by prayer and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we know when we pray with thanksgiving, there's going to be peace. But we, lots of times we carry around a lot of burdens. And we need to cast our burdens onto Jesus. So when we pray, we want to take these things and give them to him. Maybe there's a concern for, uh, for family members. Say, oh God, help this person. You know what's going on in their life. I said you will be with them. Concern for our country. Lord, you see the turmoil. We ask that you will be working. We know you are powerful and great. We pray and we ask God to uh, provide for a need. And we say, God, you see this need. We ask that you will help us. You will provide. We ask for God to bring healing to someone. And we pray and we say, Lord Jesus, you see that person. You know what's wrong with their, with their back. We ask that you will bring healing to them in Jesus' name. We ask that there's that thing that keeps worrying us. You don't know the answer to how to solve the solution. And we say, Jesus, you know all things. You know all truth. I ask that, as we, that you will bring me into truth for what you want me to do. And we keep praying, and we keep praying, and putting our burdens onto Jesus. And then, after we pray, our bag is much lighter. Though sometimes we are very tempted, after we pray, to take our items, our burdens, and put them back in the bag and keep carrying them around. We don't want to just keep, leave them with God. We put them back in our bag and keep carrying them. But that's when we need to say, wait, Jesus says, cast your burdens on to Jesus. And the peace of God will pass his understanding, will keep us in Christ Jesus. So we need to give them back to God. Again, whenever we pick them back up, we can give them back to God and say, no, Jesus, I'm going to keep giving these things back to you. We empty our hearts. We empty our burdens. And so maybe it would even be helpful for you to do at home. Take some things and be like, God, this is a heavy thing I'm carrying around. I'm using this item. You can even use some rocks or uh, different things you find in your house. So I'm going to use this item to represent the weight that I'm carrying. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. And every time this thing comes back and gives us anxiety and worry, we can like, no, God, I'm going to keep giving it back to you. Keep giving it back to you. But we keep praying. Press on. Press in. Keep 
praying. Don't stop. I think prayer should be on every one of our New Year's resolution lists, even for those like me who didn't make one. And as we pray, we will see God grow us, and we will see him work as we invite him to work in our lives. We can partner with him in this. We should also ask God to fill us with the Spirit. That way we can pray in the Spirit and partner with God. As we pray in the Spirit, he leads us to pray for things that we never would have prayed for on our own to make intercession for. So we should ask him to fill us with the Spirit, baptize us with the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Because we know when we pray the Word, we pray God's Word. When we pray in the Spirit, we're praying the will of God, and it will happen. So pray this in the Spirit. But carve out time this week. How will you pray? What time of day will you pray? Where? If we don't take the time to think these things through, we can easily get too busy and forget. Just like we can get too busy in relationships to keep talking to that person. We have to take the intentional to take the time. And as with all New Year's resolutions, if we're not intentional, the commitment falls by the wayside within a few days. We have to be intentional to pray. Be intentional and keep praying, keep pressing on. But where will we pray? What time? Spending time in prayer. God is always working and he has answers and he will be working in our lives as we pray.